0: Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. And so before I get started, stand up and let's do our, our declaration today with our Bibles. Hold them up high and repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. And I have what it says I have. I can do what my Bible says I can do. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, somebody say woo! Thank God for a lively church, amen? Well, today we're gonna to continue talking about the greatest showman in my assignment is never enough. But there are times in life, I don't know about you, but there are times when I have had enough. Can I get a an Amen. Yeah. And so what happens when our never enough turns into I've had enough? We grow weary and well-doing, and we forget about how big our God is, and we begin to focus on how big our problems are, and we must remember that when we are down to nothing, God is up to something. Amen. And so today, I want you to understand, I, I, I wanna encourage you today to stay in the game. I wanna encourage you today that when trials hit your life, I'm gonna show you what to do when your get up and go has got up and gone, amen? amen. And so I found these words of an anonymous poet, and he writes, he said, "'First I was dying to finish high school, and start college. And then I was dying to finish college and start working. And then I was dying to marry and have children. And then I was dying for them to grow up and get out. And then I was dying to retire, and now I'm just dying. And suddenly I realized I had forgotten how to live. And so many of us, if you're not careful, you'll forget how to live. And the whole course of of mosaic church is to turn an audience into an army. I need more than one amen right there. I'm talking to somebody that has not gotten in the game. I'm talking to somebody. I know there are some of us that are running right now, and 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 we. It's never enough. You're always at church. You're always on your post. You're always doing what God has called you to do. But there are some of us that you're either in one of three categories. You never started, or you have started and grown weary and quit, or you have put your hands to the plow to never look back. You're in one of those categories. I don't care if you say amen or not. And so today, if you're ever gonna become a showman, you're gonna at least have to get in the game because in Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, the word of God says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Anything other than that, you're not going to do anything. It's all about being in him. And then John 15 and 5 says, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. Does anybody believe that today? Amen. You see what God is saying to you is I have called you to be fruitful and not fruity. Right. On, amen. amen. You're in one of those categories. You're either fruity or you're fruitful. Right. It's time to get in the game. Can I get amen? amen. Get in the game. And so we're going to look at the greatest showman. And you need to know that There's never enough in times in our life. I remember when God first saved me, there was just never enough. I was sitting at home all the time, studying and digging in and studying and digging in and going and going and never want. It just wasn't enough. I wasn't getting enough and I had to go and go and go. But then life hits you. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, life hit our pastor. And he found one of the greatest showmen I don't care what anybody says He's been one of the greatest showmen Right here in the state of Oklahoma He's been one of our greatest showmen That by the power and the spirit And the anointing of God Hit his life And he is a spiritual icon In spite of Can I get an amen? But sometimes we find ourselves Running from God And we have had enough At one point in his life It was never enough And life hit our pastor And then he seemed that he had had enough and he was no different than the man I'm going to talk about today, the great prophet Elijah, the older of the two. We're going to talk about both of them. One of them was a great showman. At one time in his life, he, he could not get enough, but then he faced a woman by the name of Jezebel and a man by the name of Ahab. At one point, this man could take and, and, and beat 450 prophets. He was a great showman. One of the greatest showmans in the Old Testament. When he went and stood in front of Ahab and he said, it's not going to rain until I give a word. And he took off running. And the Lord said, when you go tell him it's not going to rain for three and a half years and get out of there because he's going to get you. And he took off running and the whole nation was looking for him. That's how powerful he was. And when they found him, that was a battle up on Mount Carmel. Did anybody remember the battle to showdown at Mount Carmel? When, it, when Elijah said to them, he said, i tell you what you do, I'm, I'm through talking, it's Showtime, somebody say Showtime. How many of us remember the Los Angeles Lakers and the Showtime? And now they got LeBron James over there so they can, they can perk it back up with Showtime because there ain't been no Showtime in L.A. for a long time. But they got LeBron over there, we are gonna see what happens. But this man was a mighty man of God in that he had whipped the 450 prophets of Baal, beat them down to the ground, and invited the other 400 prophets of, of Azariah and told them to come and meet him on Mount Carmel and beat them down to the ground, slaughtered every last one of them. And see, so he couldn't get enough. He was in the game, a great showman, and people are watching this from the mountainside as he's beating these prophets down and chasing them around. Beat every last one of them down to the ground. It was a great show. But then when Jezebel found out like the, about what had happened to her prophet, she said, "Tell him." This time tomorrow he'll be in the ground just like my prophets he killed. And a word came from a woman that put him on the run. And now he's out running away from God and parked under a broom tree. This greatest showman now had had enough. And as we look at that scripture in 1st Kings chapter 19, verse 4. I don't know if they can put it up there, but it's in your Bible. Where he had simply said that he had had enough. After this great showman had done all these wonderful things, powerful man of God. Anybody ever been there? You've been doing your thing for God and hanging in there and praying and preaching and teaching and going and doing. And all of a sudden life hits you. And Job said it this way. A man born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. But you got to know what to do when trouble hits your life. You got to know that God has put some showcase in you that he hadn't put in anybody else. And you got to be able to say, when people say, how do you keep going? They ask me this year in and year out. How do you keep doing what you're doing? And I say to them, because God has put inside of me things that other people cannot do. You see, God has called you to be a showman, and what are you doing in a cave? And so he runs into a cave and begging God to kill him, this great showman. And some of you need to get up and get back in the game and showcase who you are. When you see those people headed to the corner to pray for people, they're some of the greatest showmans at that moment. When you hear our praise team up here, leading us into the praises of God, they are are showcasing who God are in their lives. And so what are you gonna do? Are we gonna sit there? Are you gonna say, I've had enough? Or are you gonna get up out of the cave? And God finds him in this cave and he said, What are you doing here? You're a great man of God, powerful man of God. When I think about this story, I was thinking about how Pastor Mark was somewhere sitting off in a cave somewhere. Yeah, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Oh, but one day God come back and he say, go back the way you came. That's what he told the prophet. He said, what are you doing in this cave? Go back the way you came. And when you get out, go and anoint Nimshi and go and anoint Elisha to, to take over your place as my next prophet. You see, when you get up out of the mully grubs, you get a new assignment. There are some of us that are stuck in the mully grubs and you had not had an assignment from God for so long that you don't know what an assignment is. I say it's time to get back up. It's time to go back and showcase who you are. When I walk inside of a prison yard, the devil knows it's time for him to scoot over because the showman is here. Can I get an amen? It's time for him to leave. When I walk in a prison yard, even the guards have said, good morning, Pastor Jesse. They call me Pastor Jesse behind the walls because that's where God has planted me. That's where I showcase the anointing of God. I'm just a assistant here and helping out my pastor, but when I go behind the prison walls, I am, mm, come on, somebody. Yeah. I do what God has called me to do. And so I want us to look at uh, Kings today, 1 Kings 19 and 19. I want us to look at this. And I wanna show you what happens when you're in a cave, and I wanna show you another man now who's gonna say, It's never enough. It's never enough. One man is going to be chasing after a double portion. We need to become the church of the double portion. I believe that there are some of us right now, you running on the residue of yesterday, of the yesteryears. You running on the residue. Your your first portion has run out and your second portion ain't nowhere to be found. Oh, somebody got to help me. If you do, I'll preach a little bit. But I want us to look at this right here now. And there's going to be a call of Elisha. Elisha is now going to call to be showcased now. And so in 1 Kings 19 and 19, it says, So Elijah Elijah went from there. I just told you where he came from. He came from the mulley grubs. He came out of a cave. This great showman running from God, Elisha went from, somebody say there. Yeah. Well, I just told you where this, show, this great showman came from. He came from the Mully grubs. God said, get out of the cave and get back in the game. You are still a great showman, and I've still got work for you to do if you'll get out of the cave. You need to get out of the cave saying, I've had enough, and go back to doing more and more and more. God said, I will carry you from glory to glory to glory. Can I get an amen? amen. And so he had been beat down by life and was in a cave. And so Elijah went from there, and he found Elisha, the son of Shapheth. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. And Elijah, the one that came out of the cave, went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Somebody say this with me. Somebody is waiting on the other side of my obedience amen. Amen. amen somebody is waiting on the other side of your obedience some of us need to stop being angry with we in our marriages your kids are waiting on the other side of your obedience to God we need to stop squabbling and and getting out of the game because God has a plan for you and he was out plow, plowing in the field He goes up now, he comes out of the cave, goes up and anoints, throws the cloak around this young prophet. There's going to be a shifting in the atmosphere right now. Verse 20 says, Elijah then left his oxen and he ran after Elijah. He said, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Sometimes in life you got to go get some things straight if you're going somewhere. Sometimes you got to go back and say goodbye to your nearest and your dearest. If you're going to be a showman. What did Jesus say? He said, go let the dead go bury the dead. Leave your mother and your father. And let's see what happens now. He went back and he said goodbye. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? Go and say goodbye to your family, your nearest and your dearest, because... It's showtime. In verse 21 he says, And so Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and became his, uh, his servant. And so my assignment this morning is that if there's never going to be enough you gotta go burn your plow. You gotta go burn your plow and you gotta barbecue the cow. What does that mean, preacher? That means that I'm gonna burn my livelihood. I'm gonna burn the things that keep me away from God. I'm gonna burn those things. I'm getting rid of my past to get to my future. This is my life. If it's a real call to God on your life, now if it's not, don't go burn your plow because you might need it. You see, when God called me to the prisons, I had to go in and, and, and my supervisor knew that there was a strong call of God on my life. And he knew that there was a call of God on my life. So he pulls my toolbox away from my wall, my position where I went every day. And he said to me, Jesse, you know that God is calling you. I have moved your toolbox out so you can haul it out of here. I gave up my 401K, my stocks in the company. I was at the pinnacle of my profession. I burned it all, I gave it up to get to where I am today. Can I get an amen? Amen. You gotta go burn your plow. If you keep the plow, you can always find a cow. If you keep the cow, you can always find a plow. And so he goes and he burns his equipment. He gets rid of it, getting rid of your past to capture your future. And many years ago I received a revelation from God and it states that a true call of God will bind the soul to his task. A true call of God will bind the soul to his task. And so now we have one prophet that had been in a cave saying I've had enough. And now we have another young prophet who is now going to chase after a double portion. He said I hadn't had enough. And so a lifestyle he once knew was forever changed in that very brief moment when Elijah's mantle touched him. Would Elijah be willing to pay the considerable price to be God's prophet? Would Elijah be willing to literally lay down his life? And folks, that's what it's going to take for a call of God on your lives. It's going to take you saying, this is not enough. Being born again is not enough. I need to begin to grow After I grow, I need to put on a whole new attire. I have now been robed in righteousness. I'm I'm now growing. I'm moving forward now. And after you do that, it ought to be a radiant life. My life is changing now. I'm I'm not going to just stay in this mode that I am. There has to be more than where I am right now. It's quiet in here, but I'm going to wake you up. We're talking about the greatest showman. We're talking about never enough and one man who said, I've had enough. What category are you in today? Are you still saying I need more? I want more of God. I'm not gonna come in here and sit and warm a pew every Sunday. I there's gotta be more for me to do at a place called Mosaic Church. I didn't come to warm a pew. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna grab a broom. I'm gonna go in the corner and pray for somebody. Can I get an Amen? And so as it turns out, Elijah did have a right stuff. Elisha, by faith, immediately destroyed the implements of his past profession so he could serve God with an undivided heart. You can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one and love the other. You just can't serve two masters. And for me to try to serve God and to try to serve the world, I would be a miserable fall. i say I'd be miserable. You can't serve two and you got to begin to grow. You got to move out. Somebody say move out. move out. And so in an instant, the life, this, this up and coming servant of God would never be the same. I'm never the same since they pulled my toolbox away from the wall. I've never been the same. I live by faith on the daily. I live by faith. When God calls you out, he'll make sure you stay out there. I say, God will take care of you. He'll send somebody that'll that'll, that'll sponsor you and take care of you. I remember when I left my plow and burned my cow, I didn't know what I was going to do, but there was a doctor's wife by the name of Barney and Paula Limes. And they said, young man, we see what you're doing out here, and you need some help. You need some equipment to go to their prisons, and you need a car. That little two-seater you got ain't going to haul no team. Took us downtown to Toyota and bought us a brand-new Land Cruiser off the Showroom floor. That Land Cruiser today has 466,000 miles on it. I've seen seen thousands and thousands of men and women change and touch because of that car. And then they said, you look like you don't have any money. I'm going to say, you sure looked at me right, lady. And so they gave me a salary and put put me in a place where I could go. And I've been going ever since. In other words, they put me on the map. And then I met a man by the name of uh, Mark Anthony Crowe who said, son, we like what you do. We're going to bring you in and embrace you and, and support you. And we're going to help you with a salary. And we're going to make sure you I couldn't help but to come and help him. I, I, I had to. And you said, well, I'm afraid to go. Well, I just told you I was too. But God still, sometimes you got to do it afraid. Somebody say, climb Climb. and maintain. maintain. That's what you got to do. You climb out of those turbulent times in your life and you maintain. And so in an instant, Elijah was changed from a child of the earth, plowing with yokes of oxen, consumed with earthly concerns, enjoying his livelihood. He's now a child and a prophet of God, consumed with the eternal concerns of God. See, he's a showman now. But that's not the end of it. He is now running after a, let's go over to Second Kings and I'll show you what happens. Elijah made a very public declaration by burning his plow to cook the oxen which pulled it. I have lost and destroyed my old life in order to gain my new life in God. And Elijah remained unwavering in his commitment. And let's look at Second Kings. Chapter 2, starting at verse 1. You see, there's always something that's going to be, you're going to be given an invitation to stop doing what God has called you to do. Now, Elijah has burned his equipment, and now they're well on their way. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elisha said to Elijah, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel, But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And so they went down to Bethel. See, staying at Gilgal is not enough for me. Gilgal is a camping place. See, you don't want to just come and camp out in church. Somebody help me. He said, I'm not staying at Gilgal. I'll burn my plow and kill my cow. I don't have any time. Why am I staying here? I have nothing to go back to. And after all, it's not enough. This is not enough. He said, well, we're going to go down to Bethel. And so they go on down to Bethel. And then he says to the young prophet, he says, stay here. God has sent me to Jericho. And he said, no, I'm not staying in Bethel because Bethel means church. I'm not just going to sit in a church. I can't stay at church. I got to do more than go to church. I can't stay here. I'm hungry for more than that. It's got to be more than just going to church. Somebody help me in the house today. It's got to be more than that. I'm not staying at a camping place. I've been camped out at home long enough. Now, when I go to church, that is a regenerating station that's going to regenerate and rejuvenate me, but I can't stay here either. And so they go on down to Jericho. And when they get to Jericho, first he tells them to stay at Bethel. he said, I'm not staying here. So they go to the Jericho. And when they get to Jericho, he says, stay here, I'm going to Jordan. And he says, I cannot, this ain't enough. Gilgal wasn't enough, church wasn't enough, and I'm certainly not going to go to Jericho. Jericho means captured. It's already captured. A lot of folks like to hang around captured places. I remember when I first came here to Oklahoma and God had made me a promise. And the promise wasn't working right. So I get up and I go out on a, on a road out here off of Wheelshire. At the time, it wasn't nothing out there but dirt and one lizard. <laughs> I begin to pray to God. I said, God, I can't stay here if you brought me all the way out of New Mexico. I know you didn't bring me here to to shame me and to make me feel the way that I'm feeling right now. And God said, you know what? Go back the way you came. Go back the way you came. I've got your back. And so I said bye to that lizard and got back in my car. (laughs) Amen. 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 Now watch this. He says, I'm not staying at Jericho. As more. There's never enough. Can I that not, not what the song said? There's never enough. Nothing is at Gilgal that I want to say for. I don't want to say over at Bethel. I can't stay in church and Jericho is already captured. So they go on down to the Jordan, and when they get down to the Jordan, he says, the older one says to you, What can I do for you before I am taken? And he says, I want to inherit a double portion of what you got. You don't get a double portion sitting somewhere at a camp place. You don't get a double portion just sitting in church doing nothing. And there is no double portion at a captured place. And so he says, you know what? If you see me when I'm taken, ah, if you go all the way, you can have it. If you see it, it's yours. He said, if you see me, when, I, if you see me. Oh, somebody will get that today. If you'll go, if you see me, you can have it. You ain't going to see it at Gilgal. If you're vying to become the greatest showman, you got to go all the way. And they get down to that river, and he says, If you see me when I'm taken. And he sees this older prophet when he is taken, and he's chasing after a double portion. The older of the two did 16 miracles, the other one wants to do 32. You see, if you want to be a greater, the greatest showman, and you got to chase and chase and say, it's never enough. I'm never happy with a sermon. I'm never happy at the end of a sermon. I'm never satisfied. At last weekend, we were up in Woodward, Oklahoma, and, they, and we preached up there, and the whole church came forward Amen. because they were out of place with God. They were in Gilgal sitting in church And that captured places And they said preacher we want a double portion Of what you got All right. And the whole church said you know what I'm, in a, I'm not where I should be Once is never enough I need more anointing on me And they struck that water and went over to the other side What a show that must have been But before I finish this It tells me that uh, in verse 3 There were some church people I mean there's no church folks to mess you up In verse three, it says the company of the prophets at Bethel, they came out to Elisha and they asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? He said, yes, I know what's going on around here, but if you can't say something nice about Mosaic and Mark Crow, don't say nothing at all. There's always somebody trying to slow you up. The church folks came out and say, don't you know they're going to take your master from you today? You don't have to tell me Mark Anthony Crow is crazy. We already know. If you can't say something good, somebody goes, shh. I ain't mad at you. I'm just saying, we we on the move. We're up and go. We ain't crawling no more. Right. Mosaic ain't crawling. I say we ain't crawling. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hey, I probably got up out of the Mully groves. Go back to Oklahoma City and get going. Get back in the game. Be the greatest showman that I put in you years ago. You still a showman. Can I get an Amen? And there's always somebody telling you what you can't do but to shut. But he said, yeah, I know. I know it's crazy, but don't tell me about it. Why is it that we're always trying to discourage somebody? We are encouragers. Yeah, we all fall down, but we get back up. I used to hate that song, we fall down, we get back up. <laughs> like, who wrote that? Why can't we just stay up? because sometimes we just can't. We fall down and we get back up. And so here's this young prophet. He goes, they strikes that water. One goes into the heaven. There's a shifting in the atmosphere. Now the anointing has fallen on the other one. Why? Because he said never is enough, never enough. I can't get enough. I gotta keep going and going and going until I get my double portion. So now the mantle, he gets that cloak and he strikes that water. He crosses back over to the other side. It's a new kid on the block now. It's a new anointing. It's a new, it's a new shifting in the atmosphere. And let me tell you what happened. All those people that were standing over there and, and talking about the prophet and trying to discourage him, they said, "Woo! the spirit of Elijah has fallen on him now. you know what happened when he came back across that water? He's one of the greater showman's now. They're watching this. I wonder what would have happened had he stayed up at Gilgal. I wonder what would have happened if he stayed mad at the church. Don't like what's happening in the church. Don't like the sermons, don't like this, don't like that. Well, you know what? You're not getting a double portion with that. Ain't gonna happen. You're not getting a double portion with that attitude. And so he strikes that water, he comes back to the other side, and he was full. He was doubly full of what one man had because he said, never enough. I'm just working with the song today. I didn't go watch The Greatest Showman, but I read my Bible. And I was asking my little Arizona about The Greatest Showman, and she was going to take me through the whole thing verbatim. I said, hold up, no. She's smart like that. I go, no, honey, I'll just read my Bible. I'll find something in the Bible. Sorry, Mark. Greatest showman. I mean, hey. And so, watch this as I get ready to pray over you. After the the anointing falls on him, you know what they said, those prophets? They said, why don't we go and look out there in the weeds somewhere and see if we can't find him? We ain't looking for the old no more. We don't need the old. We need the new. Don't go looking for what you used to do. For what you used to have. Those prophets say, why don't we just, and and, and, and Elisha say, no, don't go look for him. He ain't there. I I watched him go into heaven. It's a new day. It's a new anointing. Bow your heads with me today, and many of you under the sound of my voice. You are in the wrong place. You you either stopped at Gilgal, Bethel, just sitting around. Jericho For those of you that need to come on down to Jordan as Pastor Mark is coming up I, I do have a few more moments for those of you that say you know what preacher I've stopped short of my mark I want you to come and not very quickly if you want to come and if you want a double if you want a portion a, a Something different. I want you to come. I want to pray over you right now real quick if that's you He preacher, time. I'm not where I'm supposed to be I'm not walking where I'm supposed to be i am not walking where i am supposed to be I stopped a long time ago. I never made it to Jordan. I want you to stand up with me. Stand up with me all over the building. I'm going to pray over you. Saying, I, I, I'm, I'm not the showman that God has called me to be. Maybe you just want to raise your hand and say, "Preacher, and pray for me. I see a hand back there. Hands are going up all over. I see hands right now. They're saying, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Stretch your hands toward heaven right now. It's Pastor Mark, come on up. I'm going to pray over you. Father, we will not be a church of the single portion. We are a church that is chasing after double of what you've got for us. It starts with with Mark Anthony Crow and it finishes with us. We are the help around here. And I'm praying, God, that you would anoint and appoint every one of us to get out of our complacency and our misguided priorities and come back to Christ and come back to the heart of God. If you have not signed up for something in this church, sign up for something. Get started. Because when they come, when we walk into the mosaic doors of our church, we're going to know that the devil is going to know it's showtime. Somebody say, Showtime. Showtime. Say it like you mean it. It's showtime. Showtime. One more time, it's what? Showtime. My God, man, we can do this thing. Do you love God today? All right.